Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's a bit pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Blog Talk Radio. This is Entertainment Life on the Sasha Marina Show, a show about the entertainment and music industry, where you get to hear from the top and up-and-coming stars, from amateurs to professionals. They're all just working hard for success. This show is to give those the opportunity to speak about their talents and what they're doing to succeed in their dreams. And now, here's your host, Sasha Marina. Hello, hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm your host, Sasha Marina, and you're tuned into the Sasha Marina Show. So uh, today I have a very special guest. He's a filmmaker, producer, writer, director, uh, mostly known for the film Geographically Desirable. Now, this film is is a comedy. Um, it, it, it's kind of those, like, you know, you know not really midlife, but, you know, woman in her midlife, and I guess, you know, she's consumed with work and, and her, you know, day-to-day lifestyle, and then all of a sudden she has um, a little situation in life thrown at her, and uh, I guess the movie is really based on how she copes with that, and I, you know, and what else is, you know, what else has brought her away, and how, pretty much how this woman copes with the whole situation, you know, and kind of breaking out of her day-to-day, you know, work consumption, uh, I guess, routine. So geographically desirable. It's a comedy, like I mentioned. I The trailer, is it's quite funny, and, you, I mean, it's available for everyone to see on YouTube. If you search geographically desirable official trailer, it'll pop up. But anywho, the filmmaker, like I said, I'll be talking to Mike uh, Kravinsky. So without further ado, I'm going to have him live on the air so he can tell us a little bit more about this project and um, and his process, I guess. So uh, good evening, Mike. How are you? Hi, Sasha. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, thank you. Thank you for your time, Mike. So uh, like I mentioned, Geographically Desirable. It's a comedy um, from from what I got from the movie, you know, it, it, it like I mentioned, it looks like a woman just trying to cope with certain ish, uh, problems that were thrown at her, you know, in a certain point of life, uh, trying to break away from that routine. Uh, it looks like she's, you know, very busy woman day to day. She had like different, like in the in the video and uh, the trailer. I mean, she, you know, you see her falling asleep outside on her porch. You see her falling asleep on her couch. You see her falling asleep at anywhere that had a pillow. So um, it kind of tells you about her lifestyle. You know, it's a routine. She's exhausted, and all of a sudden something happens. So, um, what was, I guess, the idea for the story? What what, what got you writing um, this sort of story? The actually, uh, the film actually came from my own experience. Uh, uh, you know, as you you, you described the film really well, the um, you know the story is about this woman who's consumed with her job in TV news. Uh, she works for a network, uh, she's a producer for a network news uh, organization. Uh, and she just loves her job and, you know, has been doing it forever. Um, and uh, 
you know, basically lives and breathes this. I mean, she's, I, you know, I suspect you've met people like this who really that's all they can really talk about. And, uh, you know, they, 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 you know, they just prefer to be at work. Well, that's what Nicole uh, is. Uh, and she loves it. And But the only downside to her job is uh, that she works the overnight shift. And so mm-hmm. when she's... Um, when she's awake, everybody's asleep and vice versa. Uh, you know, and it just plays havoc with her, uh, you know, with her sleep patterns and, you know, which is why she's falling asleep. But the, you know, the, the story itself came from my own experience. I worked for uh, uh, ABC News uh, in Washington uh, for 29 years and, uh, you know, write what you know. I mean, I, I spent... Um, many many a long night at uh, you know working the working the graveyard shift, uh, you know preparing for the morning show, uh, which is exactly what Nicole does. So that's uh, that's where I've you know you know basically got the, the the genesis for the idea. And you know when I when I started the film originally I was going to make the uh, the character uh, a guy, but uh, you know I just felt that you know there there could be a lot more you could do a lot more. Um, with a woman in the main role, uh, you know, because there's a lot more that, that, you know, that she has to think about, you know, that, you know, with her, you know, going forward in life and, and uh, uh, you know, what does she want to do? You know, uh, the, the character herself, uh, she's in her mid-30s, you know, and, you know, at that time, you know, whether, you know, whether a woman... I. I I discussed this with a, a screenplay consultant who is a woman, and um, she says, you know, whether a woman decides whether she wants to have children or not, um, she's certainly thinking about it in her mid-30s. And so, you know, we had some moments in the film where, you know, it gives her a moment to think, okay, is it time to settle down? But she's still just like a hard-charging executive. And so it takes this... Um, uh, this experience of her, of an uncle dying and in a small town and he gives her a house, uh, his house and his dog, uh, which are responsibilities she doesn't want. Um, but it makes her kind of, um, you know, look at her life. You know, the, you know, this town is just, you know, kind of really sweet people and, you know, and it's just a, a different lifestyle than what she's used to, you know, but she's forced to spend time there. Okay. So, so that, that's definitely, uh, that's definitely a, mass, a mouthful there, Mike. And the fact that, you, you know, I, I kind of like that you mentioned that you, pre, you thought about it being a man, but then there was more ele- elements that you can add, uh, making this character a woman. Now, you, you know, I, I've, I've taken, um, Several script writing classes, and you know, and classes in this in this medium as well. And it's 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 somewhat of a fact that men tend to write better women roles than women tend to write women roles. So if, if that made any sense, really? Uh, oh, that's interesting. Yes. I didn't know that. Yes, uh, yes, and you know, a couple of my professors, you know, uh, have actually mentioned this to me, and I believe that it's true, um, whether it be in in, in screenwriting or in, in novels, um, men tend to really, I, I don't know if it's like the genuine point of view that they have of the woman, that they just tend to write better uh, woman roles. 
so the I mean this woman just by seeing the actress and I know um it's it's the actor's job to really put your work on the screen, you know. So what what you wrote down it's it's their it's their job to portray it. And and just by seeing this woman on screen, I can tell that uh I I can really feel what what you wrote, you know, um, with the meaning mm-hmm. that you intended it without really even writing or reading your 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 script. You know what I mean? Right. So right. Um, well, you know, I, I will tell you that, uh, you know, Blair Bowers, who plays Nicole, uh, I you know I feel really fortunate that you know she came along, you know, because I mean, you know, not only is she you know, not only was she like a really just excellent uh, comedic talent, you know, for this role, but, you know, we would be going over the script and and uh, she would tell me, you know, she's like, you know, Mike, you know, they don't, you know, a woman wouldn't say that in this situation. <laughs> and and I was like, well, what, she, what would she say? And she'd say, well, she, she'd do it, she'd say it this way. And I'd say, oh, you know, and so we got to develop this really good uh, working relationship, you know, where, you know, I, you know, like I would depend on her, you know, to, you know, to make it more real, you know, make her character more realistic. I mean, not only did, you know, was her, her acting just superb, but uh, the, you know, the, you know, the ideas that she had, uh, the changes that she thought she should make to the character were just like right on, right on target. Okay, so um, that, that's always good too. You know, did, did were you part of uh, a process as well, or was there somebody else casting your um, your role? Well, you know, we had uh, 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 what is it called Paul Farenkoff. Uh We mm-hmm. had a, a, a service that did it as well, and uh, okay. but you know, basically, I made the, the final call on all the actors, and I was mm-hmm. in the um, I was in uh, you know all the audition processes. Um, but actually, originally, uh, when uh, Blair came in, you know, I thought, you know, because she she has, this, as I say, she has this neat comedic ability, and I was thinking, oh, you know, she'll be, she'd make a really good um, uh, the the roommate character, um, mm-hmm. and I thought that she would be really good as the roommate. But um, you know, the more I thought about it, the more it is like, you know, I was like, wait a minute, you know. She, I mean, she's got enough strength in in her character, you know, in, in her acting ability that I think that maybe she could pull off the lead. And she did. She came back. She read for it, and you know, it was just as I say, it was just a you know, you know, it worked, and and you know, it was a really good uh, professional relationship we had. Okay. So um, thanks to your, you know, to to your overall. Uh, production value and in your cast and um, your your film has been you know official selection in in several in, in independent film festivals uh, such mm-hmm. as uh, the real independent film extravaganza in Washington DC uh, the Fort Lauderdale International Film Festival that's very close to me uh, and the NYC Independent Film Festival I'd like to congratulate you for those um, you know this this is is this one of your your first films well, it's actually my second film. My first film, uh, The Next Nick, was about, you know, also about tra- uh, change and transition. Um, uh-huh. uh, it was it was about a guy in his 50s um, who uh, worked for the same company for 25 years and then was, uh, was one day was just let go without any warning. 
and he knew that he could not make the same money in the same field ever again. So he just decided to just try something new. And the film, you know, basically follows his exploits as he as he tries to figure out what he wants to do next. Okay. So um, was that was that kind of a personal experience or a kind of firsthand experience for you? As well, well? You, know, you know, actually, what was I? You know, I'm sure you've heard. You know, with the the news, mm-hmm. you know, news departments all over the country. The yeah. uh, you know everybody's downsizing. Everybody's you know all the news uh, operations are getting smaller. You know, doing more with less. And uh, what happened was uh, they were offering buyouts at ABC, and it just came at the right time. I was like ready to move on, and you know I'd had a good run, and and you know I, you know the place was great. I loved you know working there, and. You know, but I was ready, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, and so I took this buyout, and I started to live a little more frugally, <laughs> and uh, uh, decided to become a filmmaker. And uh, uh, you know, it's been you know, you think you know, with your background, with a background in news and understanding video and understanding editing and things like that, you think you can be a filmmaker, but uh, I will tell you that. <laughs> There, you know, it, it is a learning curve going from, you know, like you know, television news to narrative filmmaking. You know, there's things that, you know, there's, that are just ingrained in you, you know, when you're, when you're doing a news story, you know, where you have to tell all the facts, you know. But in a film, you know, you can leave certain things out and, and the audience will just figure it out. And, mm-hmm. you know, those are all things that, you know, that I've learned over the last few years about, you know, storytelling is, you know, sometimes, you know, things can be implied, you know, you don't have to, you know, be really exacting, you know, and, you know, just to, it's better to create a mood than it is to, you know, you know, try to like cross all the T's and dot all the I's. So, you know, it's been, it's been really fun, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm proud of both of the films. They just, you know, they were really good. To, they're just, you're a really good, good piece of work, I think. Well, well, definitely. I, I believe you're right about that. Um, it's, it's better when you don't spill all the beans. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like you said, you know, just, just, just set the mood and, and refer to certain things. There's no need to put everything out there. Um, I think Correct. a perfect example. I think a perfect example. Um, I don't know what you believe, but you know, especially in filmmaking. Um, Things that that we see we see very boldly sometimes uh, in in certain scenes and movies where the same nude scene, you know, um, mm-hmm. and many and in certain films it's it's somewhat insinuated, you know. Uh, there's they're in bed, uh, you know, they're they're naked. Um, obviously, there's something going on there. Whether mm-hmm. in other movies they actually they decide to like expose all of that graphically, you know. Right. So, right. Um, so like it's a, you know, there's there's always a, a balance and the taste. People tend to like you know the tastefulness better. Um, if if you're gonna insinuate a, a such scene in, in a movie, you know, don't spill all the mm-hmm. beans. We know what's going on. <laughs> right. So, um, so uh, I, actually, I was, my wife and I were talking about it, and she says, you know, sometimes, you know, because we talk a lot about it. She's a she's a composer. And we talk about uh, which, and she did the music uh, for the film. 
uh, for geographically desirable. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, she was saying that, you know, you know, sometimes you don't need any dialogue at all, you know, to, to mm-hmm. get your, your point across. And it's true, you know, sometimes, you know, just, you know, just facial expressions or action, you know, can, you know, really, you know, set a wonderful theme, you know, uh, it, you know, and I'm not saying that the film should be like dialogue less, but, uh, or dialogue mm-hmm. free, but, but I, you know, it is possible to, to, create a great mood without dialogue. Definitely, definitely. So um, I, I'd like to know where is, is this uh, movie being screened? Um, I see on your Twitter feed that it will be screened in November in Fort Lauderdale and Cinema Paradiso. Is that right? Yeah, correct. Okay. Uh, are you saying you're close to uh, Fort Lauderdale? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm in Miami, so pretty much oh. relatively well, close. Well, I, I hope you can come <laughs> up and take a look or come across and take a look. Uh, Definitely. Uh, uh, you know, we'll be we'll be there for two days at uh, what is it, uh, February nineteenth and twentieth. Uh, we have some a nice spot, uh, like at seven p.m. and eight p.m. I believe on both of those on those two days. And then uh, before that, uh, we we're at the New York City Independent Film Festival. Very proud of that. And. Uh, and then we're going to have the world premiere, since this is a, a, a D.C., Virginia production. Uh, mm-hmm. we're, going to, uh, we're, we're having our world premiere at the Real Independent Film Extravaganza uh, here in D.C., and that's a, it's a great venue. They do um, a lot. They do, you know, uh, independent film, uh, domestically made independent films, but they also uh, uh, rely heavily on uh, films in the D.C., Baltimore region. And, you know, so there's just a great, a wonderful amount of talent here. Um, so it's, it's, it's good to, you know, kind of get with that crowd and, you know. But, uh, you know, I'm hoping that I can get a lot of people from the news business, the D.C. news business, uh, you know, to come out and take a look at the film. Well, definitely. And I feel like um, as a filmmaker, you know, being able to expose your own work and, you know, in your own city, or you know, that's, that's definitely always an honor. And um, oh, yeah. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure you and your crew will enjoy that very much. Uh, and, and the fact that, yeah, I mean, I hope that this this can be shown and or people from more media outlets, you know what I mean, get, you know, are able to see this and really relate to the story you're trying mm-hmm. to put out there. Right. That, um, well, we're gonna we're gonna try and release it, uh, you know, just uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, in the U.S. market, we're going to try to release mm-hmm. it in Jan- you know January 2015. Uh, mm-hmm. You know we're you know you know the drill. You know I'm going through the through the distribution process now and trying to figure out what to do there, um, and uh, you know hoping for good news. And uh, you know like you know we'll see what happens. But uh, uh, you know this is just one of those one of the the process of filmmaking these days. You know you have you know, the equipment is less expensive, you know, for like high quality stuff. But then mm-hmm. in the end when you have when you have a nice product, you know, it's it's like harder to get distribution because so many people are doing uh films these days. Mhm. Yeah, that that definitely is a process. That um y- you know, I I interview a lot of filmmakers, a lot of upcoming filmmakers as well, you know, and I always like to ask people uh, pretty much 
what what hardships and what have they learned from them, you know, in the filmmaking process. Um, you know, there, there's a lot that goes into a movie. You know, there's the pre-production and, most importantly, the post-production. And, you know, what's in between. But um, those two those two parts of, of the production itself are very important. So the middle part can come out, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's effective. So um, in, in the process of making this film, what, what sort of hardships did you, did you find yourself in? Well, you know, I, I will say that, you know, because of my background, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the post-production, you know, was, you know, for me was, uh, you know, pretty, I don't want to say easy, but it, it was definitely less stressful than the first two parts. Um, okay. You know, but, uh, you know, if I were to, you know, I, I do, I have to admit, I do like being on the set and, you know, watching the actors say the words that you wrote down. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, there's something really neat about that. And, and like, a lot of times they'll do something that is just, you hadn't even envisioned them, you know, somebody saying something within a, in a particular inflection or with a particular piece of emotion that you hadn't envisioned. And, you know, when you are, you know, actually doing the production, it's just really kind of, fun. you know, like they may not do it the way you had originally thought, but the, you know, the outcome is better than you had imagined. Um, I would say the, the the part that I probably like the least is the pre-production, you know, and only because it's just, you know, weeks of meetings and, you know, shot sheets and, you know, and but it's something you have to do. I mean, you know, you, you, know, you, yeah, you have to prepare. You have to yeah. prepare, you know, and if you don't prepare, you know, the, the production itself is going to, you know, it's going to be lacking and, 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 you know, people are going to get cranky and it's just going to be, you know, it's just going to be a, you know, a difficult shoot, you know. And so, you know, better to get that, you know, the, the weeks of meetings out of the way and get your shot sheets and your, you know, get all that stuff out of the way early, you know, and, and everybody's on the same page. So, you know, when a problem happens, you don't have to, it doesn't snowball, you know. Definitely, definitely. So, uh, Mike, where can people, um, you know, follow up with the film and so forth on social networks, et cetera? Well, uh, you know, uh, we we have our uh, Facebook page, you know, uh, Geographically Desirable. And then, uh, you know, uh, the website is geodesire.com. And uh, those are the two main places uh, that, you know, you know, you can find out, you know, when the film is playing at various festivals and, uh, you know, what will happen, uh, you know, with uh, getting it out to the general public after the festival season is over. I'm, I suspect uh, that, that, you know, I'm hoping that the film will be out for wide release um, by mid-January. And, uh, you know, after that, you know, just, Hoping for good sales. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, and, yeah. um, and and obviously distribution. That that would be great. So um, just just to kind of go over what Mike just said, ladies and gentlemen, keep up with them. Uh, you know, preferably on their Facebook page. Uh, they they they've pretty much posted where the films will be. Uh, 
are being released, at, like you mentioned, in D.C. Um, and Fort Lauderdale and um, in NYC. So uh, look out for, for geographical desirable um, here in the East Coast. Um, are you planning to take this to the West Coast uh, anytime soon, perhaps next year? Uh, oh, yeah. Well, the thing is, uh, so far, you know, there's only been a couple of festivals that I've submitted to uh, on mm-hmm. the West Coast, and I, di- and I didn't get into them. Um, but, you know, I'm hoping for some, you know, I don't really want to jinx it, but I'm hoping for some good news uh, in the next few days uh, for festivals. And then, you know, uh, I was talking to uh, uh, what we call a sales agent uh, not too long ago, and uh, we're hoping uh, to uh, – there's a particular distribution company that, that is possibly interested in uh, one of their sales pitches is that they'd like to uh, get theater screenings in New York and L.A. So if mm-hmm. I could do that, that would be, you know, before they do uh, uh, the online model. And so, you know, if they if that works out, that would be wonderful. I could get, uh, you know, get some screenings in Los Angeles. That would be amazing. <laughs> that would be awesome, Mike. So, um, you know, I'd like to thank you one more time uh, for being on the show uh, this evening. And uh, I wish you continued luck and success with this film. I'm, I'm sure that you'll be uh, continuing to do great. Oh, thank you, Sasha. And thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, of course, of course, and I mean, I, any, I know that you're you're still really in the rumble of of, of this film, and, and it takes a lot post production, and like you mentioned, distribution and all that good stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but are you are you in the process of perhaps writing something uh, for the near future, or are you not ready to to spill any? Oh of those no, yet? no, I've got you know, <laughs> actually I've got like three or four different uh, uh, films going, or you know, story ideas going in various mm-hmm. stages, and, um, you know, one thing has me, like, wrapping about, well, there's, like, four stories, and one of them has me wrapping three of those stories together into a into a single film, and just individual characters are what those ideas were, you know, like, there's different characters in the film, so, you know, we'll see. I mean, I, I you know, as you know, the writing process, to get it right, you know, that takes some time. I'm I'm giving myself, you know, at least a year, you know, to, mm-hmm. to uh, uh, you know, get, you know, lock the new story in. But uh, but that'll be good. It'll give me a chance to, you know, hopefully get some financing, you know, and, uh, you know, with, uh, uh, what do you call it, the, uh, the hopefully uh, successful run of Geographically Desirable. <laughs> Of course, of course. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, it, it's screening in, um, in Fort Lauderdale. I'll be. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, there. if you, if you okay. come, please. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, I'll be there. You know, I'll be there for both days. So, mm-hmm. you know, I hope you get if you, if you're there, you know, tap me on the shoulder. <laughs> All righty, Mike. No problem. Uh, you okay. take care. Okay. Okay. Thanks so much. <laughs> no problem. Bye bye. So there you have it, Mike Kalinsky. Uh, make sure to keep up with him um, and this uh, wonderful film of his uh, through Twitter, Geo Desire. On um, Facebook, is Geographically Desirable Movie, um, and the website geographicallydesirable.com. Uh, uh, you know, and check out the trailer on on YouTube, Geographically Desirable official trailer. Uh, 
I'm pretty sure it's going to be the first video that pops up, so uh, you can't miss it. And as for us, keep up with us through the fashionmarinashow.com. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, all that good stuff, at Fashion Marina. Like our page at the Fashion Marina Show. Download our app on Google Play, Blackberry World. Um, that's easiest to keep up with uh, this here, our podcast. And, and that's about it. So thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, shout out once again to Mike and uh, his film, Geographically Desirable. I'm looking forward to seeing it in Florida come this November. All righty then. Bye-bye. Dave and I have a breakfast routine. Yep. I pick him up. He picks me up. I hand him his Tim Hortons coffee. Freshly brewed. And a new $1.79 breakfast wrap snacker. $1.70 what? New routine! <laughs> That's right. It's the new $1.79 breakfast wrap snacker. A freshly grilled tortilla filled with egg, cheese, bacon, or savory sausage. Goes great with Tim's coffee. <sighs> then I give him a napkin. Just in case. The new $1.79 breakfast wrap snacker. Only at Tim Hortons. Limited time only at participating restaurants. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Old moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send him my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.